Welcome, everyone. We are simulationists across the globe, bringing together our different perspectives as we discuss our failures in simulation and how to learn from these failures so that maybe we can save you from painful experiences. Welcome to Sim Fails. Other conversations from the simulation sofa. And I am Sasha Milibotti from Down Under, Australia. Kirsty Freeman coming to you today from Singapore. And Janice Palaganis from Boston, USA. Sup, friends. Howdy doody. How is everyone? Great. Thank you for asking. How are you both? So I have a situation, I guess a sim fail that I would like to discuss with both of you because I don't know how to handle it. And I want to think about it a little more deeply for next time. Um, you know, we're, we were talking about technology glitches in our last episode. And I just ran a simulation, of course, at a sim center that I'm not familiar with. Um, it was during, you know, a conference and I was working with a sim technician that I'd never worked with before. And um, we did do a little prep before we ran the sim and, it, and you know, he had said that everything was pre-programmed. And as you both know, I am not a pre-programmed person. I'm like on the fly all the time. Um, and of course the case was going down and he also is not a clinician. And so during the, um, case, the patient was doing things that the patient wouldn't do based off of the interventions that the students were doing. And so I started messing with the settings and he was messing with the settings and we were just kind of both messing with the settings almost fighting over the technology um, and the technology fighting back on us because it was pre-programmed and complete glitch. And the case just didn't go well um, because it didn't match, you know, the, the blood pressure didn't match the um, heart rate, you know, things just weren't matching to the patient, patient response. So what are your thoughts on this? What advice do you have for me? Has this happened to you? Uh, I haven't had an experience like what you are describing, um, which would have been very stressful. I would have been very stress stressed in a situation like that. Uh, and I'm totally, totally with you in that patients are not pre-programmed um, and we need to be able to flexible, uh, be flexible about how to, how to deal with things because the other thing is that I cannot predict what participants will do with the patient as they give the adrenaline or they do an intervention as you described. It's uh, how do you, can, how can you pre-program that? So I guess that if I was in a similar situation like that, I think I would be very vocal about who is directing this scenario um, and expect that there is, uh, you know, that, that there is leadership in the control room as much as there is leadership in the case. What do you think, Kirsty? My heart's bleeding for the sim tech. I tell you, I have been there. I have been that person running the mannequin with the content expert next to me. Um, Cause I run many simulations where I don't know the clinical content um, to the point where I have pre-programmed stuff for my own protection because I don't know what's going to happen. And so uh, often when I'll see the scenario, I'll, you know, and I'll say, give this drug, make this the mannequin do this, you know, when they do this, do that. And I like to know that beforehand and I'll pre-program it. 
And that's once again, because I don't know what the patient will do. You know, I'm not the, I don't know the clinical content. I don't know what, how the patient would expect to respond to those sort of things. And so I can completely understand where our, our simulation technician colleague is coming from in, in doing that. And how apprehensive they must have felt working with someone like Janice Palagana. Uh, um, uh, you know, there, there must have been some, you know. So, you know, I, I, I've been in that situation before. I did feel so bad. And and I I just, uh, in the moment, I, I still don't know what I would do in retrospect because the learners really weren't hitting the objectives that I wanted them to. Um, so I was trying to be learner-centered when I made the decision to start playing around with the technology yet, you know, I have the knowledge. Like I was just like you, Kirsty, one person show control. Like I know how software fights back with you and can completely yeah. mess up. Like I should have known better to just know, maybe it's okay to just not mess with it. Like it's probably a better result to just go with it. And, and to your point, the SimTech, like he was new, he's novice. Um, has only been doing it for less than a year. And um, and I can imagine what he was feeling. And I could feel the tension that he was having going into the case and during. And when I started touching, <laughs> like I was that person that you, you're like, content expert, do not touch. This is my space. Like I was that person. Please, please <laughs> tell me there was no hip and shoulder moving. No, out no, no. But, you know, and then finally somewhere when I realized the software was fighting and I, I'm not privy of the soft today's updated software, the yeah. way I was back then, um, I had to just let it go at that point, but I had already messed it up. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I did it, you know, did I commit a huge sin or is it the educator's responsibility to take over and know the software and take over if the case isn't going the way you want it to? I think that there's also a part of prevention right there or um, where we go through, how, how are we going to manage this? I, I think I do a lot of briefing with my uh, with the people that I work with as in like okay how are we going to run this case and when are we going to give this x-ray and when are we going to give them the ECG and what are the endpoints but uh, we don't talk too much about how are you going to run the console or the computer and I guess that um, running it with the technician especially if he or she are, are novice in, in doing it uh, maybe uh, you know that one gram of prevention will count for an ounce of intervention um, but one, once you're in that situation, what do you do? It's, it's, it's very hard and, and it would have been hard for, we're holding the basic assumption for the technician, right? He or she was doing uh, his or her best as well. Uh, but at some point, as I said before, someone has to lead or, or, or it's not going to work. So I was sort of reflecting, you know, there for what you were saying, Sasha, on, you know, what do we have in terms of our faculty briefing? Um, that we could have done that might have prevented this experience happen, right? So you said, Janice, you know, you had a lovely briefing, everyone was on the same page, but it gets down to the nitty-gritty is what, what do we actually 
brief amongst our team, you know, uh, in terms of skill sets and how will we manage if X comes up? So I think that this is a really important thing that we need to make sure that we have in that briefing amongst us as the, the team that are going to be facilitating the session in terms of permission to step in, um, you know, in, in people's tasks. What do you think? I, you know, and I, I think this probably happens a lot because, you know, just looking back, I, I can think of numerous times that this has happened with teams that I've worked with. And this is the whole interprofessional um, teamwork that you have in simulation centers. And I think in moments when it's not this particular moment, because I wasn't going to, I'm not going to work with that sim tech again, I don't think, maybe. Um, but I think, you know, looking back at past situations, what also runs is what's more important to me right now, the learners or my relationship with my team member who together we have a certain magic that we have to make happen going forward to make effective education. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and so once again, as you say, there's so much learning from what we we teach our teams uh, in simulation, you know, ad hoc teams, teams that work together consistently, because once again, you're sharing an experience that you had with an ad hoc simulation team, as you said, someone that you've never worked with before, and someone that, you know, it's, it's highly unlikely you're going to work with again. Um, and so it, you might have managed it differently uh, if if it was your normal team as opposed to working with that that ad hoc team member. Um, but I think, you know, once again, you've highlighted for me uh, some of those things that I really need to make more overt in my faculty team briefing around, um, you know, can, can I can I give permission to colleagues to step into my space, me step into theirs um, as things um, unfold during that scenario? And once again, that permission for the team to be flexible um, and making sure that therefore when we have that debrief afterwards that uh, we follow up on that and say, hey, you know, um, did I step on your toes there? I'm really sorry. I just noted something that was happening maintaining that learner-centred focus that you mentioned. Uh, and I hope, you know, that was okay just to shut, to, you know, to close that loop. I love that last point. I think it is very important to um, debrief after the course and, um, and have a, a power conversation after it so to see how we can iron out glitches that have happened so that they don't happen again. Even if you're not going to work with that person again, we teach our participants to work as teams, even if they have not worked together before. Um, and I think that we can do the same. I agree. Thank you so much. Like thinking about this, it's, it's a judgment call in the moment, right? You know, what you're going to do and it's a balance between all of it. But I think to your points, um, it, the most important thing is having that conversation afterwards and making sure that that relationship stays intact with, um, you know, the SIM team. So I hope that uh, you who are listening out there in the simulation world today might share with us some of your failures uh, that might have something to do with this. How do you go with your team? So don't forget to use the hashtag SimFail so that others can learn from your experiences too. It was lovely talking to you, Kirsty Janice. Thank you. Hope to catch you both in another time zone. Take care, my friends. Bye-bye. Adios.